Hello and welcome to Illochat, a place where two friends who are illustrators talk about the world of professional illustration. I am Olga. And I'm Sunny. And we're both children's book illustrators. Join us in our journey while we share what has and hasn't worked for us as we navigate this creative industry. Hi, and thanks for joining us today. We're interviewing Jed Alexander, who is an author and illustrator of the Wordless Picture Books Red and Gold. And he has a third book coming out in the series called Olive, which is coming out this fall of 2023 with Creston Books. Yeah, funny interview. This it was guy a funny is, interview. I, I enjoy him so very much. He's a character and yes. I like his quotes. And Jed, yeah, Jed, you are a character. Yes, we really enjoyed it. And I took notes here all across the border of this document that I've been doing. And he has some good stuff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look up those books that he and those artists that he was recommending. So yeah. fun interview, a lot of good stuff. And I especially liked how he was doing projects and finding his opportunities instead of just waiting and like yes. well, he was throwing it all out there. Yeah, and he and he practices what he preaches. Like, I mean, he said that you should be making your doing your own projects and making books, and he's been doing that, and that's how he got his his opportunities. Here's Jed. Yeah, here's Jed. Uh, thank you for joining us, and and we're excited to talk to you about your wordless books. You have a really unique story because you started with a Kickstarter. I kind of did. I mean, I um, I had an agent before I had the before I had the Kickstarter. Oh, okay. Um, I met my agent uh, at an SCBWI conference. My first SCBWI conference, I got a uh, best in show, and uh, and then um, at a, a subsequent con- conference, uh, I met my agent, and then uh, she worked with Tricycle Press. This is Abigail Simone of Red Fox Literary, and then uh, she Tricycle Press folded, and she started her agency, and uh, I was one of the early people she took on uh, oh. with her agency, but I I, um, I wasn't selling any books, uh, so I started the Kickstarter, and uh, that actually got me a relationship with, um, with uh, Cameron and Company, uh, they wanted me to do a longer version of a story in the in the Kickstarter book, uh, and I did a dummy for that. They rejected it, and they said, "Do you have anything else?" And I always have something else. <laughs> it's a good idea to always have something else, and so I had something else, and that was Red. And uh, I had actually already did a completed version of Red, and then uh, we ended up editing and changing and changing the format and. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, so that was the first wordless book. I, it wasn't a plan going in to do wordless books. Uh, it's not the most commercial thing in the world, uh, but but that's how it panned out. Oh, well, okay. So this is, I am like, all the, everything that you touched on are the questions that I really, really had. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> how do we go from here to here? So how about the relationship with Cameron from your Kickstarter? How do, where, oh, how well, that they, they uh, my my um, agent sent them, uh, uh, I think, a copy, a digital copy of, of something I did uh, called Ellen the Pirates, which is a part of the, the Kickstarter was, I had done all these promotional projects, little self-published things, and, and I just combined them into one book and then, um, uh, uh, and, and did the Kickstarter, which was nice, pretty successful. We raised about uh, $10,000. Uh, decent. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was pleased. Uh, I got uh, I got a, a, a writing gig for a, a website called Pyrograph uh, from that, and uh, and it got distributed to, for complicated reasons, comic book shops. Wow. <laughs> so uh, I had I found a someone to sub distribute it, but it, it it got it. It's not exactly where my audience was, but it was uh, at least it got distribution. So uh, so it's it, uh, but. Anyway, my uh, agent sent them uh, Ellen the Pirates, and they said, "Oh, let's make a longer version of this." And oh. and I did, and it wasn't quite what they had in mind. And then, um, uh, then we did Red. 
That's great. So oh. serendipity, but because you were working and you had yeah. something always, else. <laughs> you always have to, you know, it's always, you make these relationships and you, yeah. you, um, and, but you always have to have some, you ought to be ready. Right. Yeah. yeah. You got to have Isn't something in your pocket. I think there's a saying, opportunity finds you when you're working, finds you working. Who said that? Picasso? I don't know. I have no idea. The internet said that. The internet said opportunity (laughs) finds you when you're working. It's interesting. No one's hired me to illustrate a book. No one has hired me to do that. So all of my projects have been self-motivated. So everything has been the product of me submitting a a book dummy or, or me submitting... Even when I worked for SpongeBob Comics, uh, it was a relationship I met, made on Facebook, uh, and then uh, that relationship turned into into a, a proposal for a, 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 a two page strip for SpongeBob, and and I ended up doing SpongeBob. I did a couple stories for SpongeBob Comics, um, but that was again nobody nobody called me up and said do SpongeBob. That was yeah. something that I had to initiate. Oh wow! Neat. So you've yeah. created your own, yeah. Yeah. Nobody hired you, so you hired yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, I thought is the quality of my work not there? I mean, with gold, it came out. Um, now, when I was in school, the Society of Illustrators, which is you know the society versus SCBWI, the Society of Illustrators, yeah. which is uh, an organization. Um, just dedicated illustration in general. And that was like the, you wanted to get into the Society of Illustrators annual. That was a big deal. Yeah. And I wondered, okay, maybe it's, maybe I'm not good enough as an artist. Maybe, maybe it's the art, the art and the writing. And that's, that's makes it special. But with gold, gold got in the Society of Illustrators annual. It got into communication arts annual. And um. I'm saying, okay, so <laughs> why aren't they hiring me? Why aren't they knocking down my door? if if the quality of the work is there uh and i guess it just comes down to what's in fashion what's you know what and so yeah so now so i've had to make my own opportunities and i'm going to continue to do that and i'm going to continue to push myself an author illustrator and i would rather do that so um so it's working out (laughs) that's impressive like in making your own opportunities i like that I yeah. I should learn more from that. <laughs> <laughs> well, always writing. I mean, that's the yes, thing. Is the, yeah. the writing is is has been with me for a long time, and the discipline of writing has been with me for a long time. It's not something I just decided to do overnight. And um, I mean, before I mean, I've written um, uh, I've written novels. I've written novels that have not been published. I've written, you know, I've written a lot of a lot of material um, and had a lot of material rejected and and both uh, in prose form and my illustrations. Um, it's been it's been a long haul. We hear that a think? lot. <laughs> yeah, we don't hear overnight success. Well, well, how do you how do you write a wordless picture book? Like, what do you what are your steps for that? Do you write it? Well, out? Do you write an outline or? I write an outline. Well, that's what's interesting is with um, with Gold and Olive. I mean, I had I had the whole book done with Red, uh, and then we made changes. But with Gold and Olive, uh, both of which I did with Cameron. Uh, I mean, not Cameron, uh, Creston, uh, not Cameron. Uh, unfortunately, um, Gold got canceled by Cameron, and uh, Creston picked it up. So uh, with cre- with <laughs> gold and uh, olive, they were just outline outlines, uh, and olive had the barest of outlines. I was very surprised that that they went based on that. That 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 was because I had sent them dummies for other books. Um, again, I was like, well, I've done a couple of wordless books. Now I'll try something else. And so I I had sent them a dummy for uh, another book with words and they didn't want that i send them a a one-page outline for olive and they're like let's go with it and that so um i think part in part because it's a series but um but what i uh not a lot happens in that book not a lot happens 
in in uh, I mean, um, I think you know, with wordless books uh, in particular, I think uh, the the you want to leave room for the for the reader uh, as a as a, a proxy as uh, as a as a a part of the book as you know when you have you know closure between one page and another what happens between this page and this page this is what we're always doing but with wordless books there's there's nothing but the pictures to tell you what's happening between this page and the next page so it gives the reader an opportunity to insert themselves into the story in a very unique way and um a lot of you know with olive a lot of what i was uh, i just this these uh, was about feelings uh, to me, uh, was about a feeling of joy, and and I wanted to communicate this kind of feeling of joy and 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 lightness and and sort of uh, and and a, it's interesting how different people look at the book. Uh, and it's the book is uh, about a little girl. She goes climbs up this uh, olive tree that grows up overnight. She ends up uh, in the clouds, meets a giant, and the giant kind of, uh, and she has a relationship with the giant where the giant um, dances with her and has different, uh, and, and feeds her. And, and um, someone once point, uh, told me they thought it was uh, like the older self of the, of the little girl taking care of the, of the child, the inner child, or taking care of, of, of them. Um, and I thought that was an interesting take. It wasn't what I had thought. Uh, but I hadn't, I don't, you know, there's a lot of different ways you could read it. Um, and uh, I want that. I don't want, uh, I don't want to tell people how to think about it or, or how they're supposed to, or what the, what the right message is. And that's something I think a lot of contemporary uh, picture books and children's books uh, are very message oriented. And we get into yeah. a lot of, you know, where you yeah. have, where there's a, uh this is a book that teaches kids about this or how to feel about this or who, you know, and I'm interested in uh, children's lit is, is literature. The books that I read as a kid that I enjoyed were not trying to teach me how to make friends or teach me, you know, about uh, difference or, you know, whatever it was. Uh, the books that I enjoyed as a kid were great stories that stuck with me, that resonated with me in a way that um, that good literature does, that good adult literature does. What we do is important. Uh, and I think one of the reasons it's important is because these are kids' first experiences with stories uh, and connecting with stories. And um, like Red, uh, for, for somebody, uh, Red is going to be their first experience uh, uh, their their first idea of a, what a bear is you know it's going to be um uh oh sorry gold so it's going to be their first it's you know yeah. when you from when you in psychology there's an idea called schemas and we're forming we're formulating our ideas of what things are so uh our first dog is our first idea of a dog and, and um, you know, and then we make connections with other things that have four legs. Okay, well, there's a horse. Is a horse a dog? And we start to learn these things. And so for some kid, uh, gold is going to be one of their first bears, you know? So, but this is, this is just, you know, that, that, that is one part of the puzzle. But, but one of the things, it's, it's your first experience with the idea of family, your first experience with, with the idea of, of you know all kinds of different complex ideas um, that uh, that can't be told in a moral or that aren't necessarily summed up in in you know this is what this book is here to teach you and um, and that's the kind of books that are important to me and that resonate with me are are books that 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 have a lot of different ways that we can interpret them a lot of different things that you can project onto them. And uh, and there is no there's no and with my wordless books there is no right way. No, yeah, I like what you like say that. that. Yeah, that it's like if you're giving them a playground and they can just go with Olive. What I got from it was 
the giant is being kind to her because she's smaller. And then when she gets down from the tree, she's playing with something smaller than herself and she's being kind to the mouse. So I thought it was about the relationship of something big with something small. That's what it likes to say. Everybody gets something different from it. You're, no, you're never going to tell us the, re the real. No, there is no, there's no real, there's no, I, but the, I think I mean, it goes. if nothing else, it just for, for Olive is just this feeling of joy. I wanted, oh. so that's, yeah. that was, I wanted to communicate this feeling of freedom, of lightness and of joy. And I then, know. and whatever else is in that, um, you know, I, but that's, that's, and, and in, in a way, it, it, Olive has been, because it isn't so much, there is not a, a, a very, a, there's not a lot of literal narrative. It's not a, like beginning, middle, this happens, then this happens, and then the end. It's, uh, it, it, like you said, it's more like a playground. And Olive, uh, for me, it, it's coming closer to the kinds of books I want to make in that regard is uh, is that I I want you to be able to pick it up again and again and again and again and get lost in it and and be um, in the world of it and lo leave lots of room. For instance, like she, we see her coming out of a house um, and before she goes, does she have parents? Does she live by herself? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's gone all night long and then comes back home. Uh, what yeah. What, you know, there's there's all kinds of different uh, things that I don't tell you and I don't tell you how to think about them. And that's up to the reader. In this conversation, I'm picking up the difference between, they're all wordless books. I'm looking at gold here. If you see me looking at the left, I'm looking at gold. <laughs> um, so two, two things I wanted to, before I forget, when I saw Olive, the, the thing I, I told Sonny, I'm like, there's so much Maurice Sendax in it when the kid is coming out, taking off yeah. her jacket or putting on her sweater or something. And it's the same child in the same panel, just going different, um, you know, like the next step of the, the narrative in the same page, seeing the same child. That's something that he would do often. Sequential. Sequential. The, yeah. but on the same page. So you have this child several times going up the, the tree on the same page. Another inspiration is Hillary Knight, uh, the Eloise books. Oh, uh, yes. A lot of, yeah, yeah, a lot of sequential right. action in that. Yeah. Well, what I'm looking at, and I am looking at a lot of photographs of kids that I find on the internet, and, and um, I'm looking at what kinds of things kids do, what kind of movement they do. Uh, there's one thing in, in gold. There's uh, one of the things she does is she takes the chair, she puts it <laughs> over her head, then <laughs> she takes it to this is a absolutely um uh, a thing that that an adult would never do yeah yeah i'm looking she, i was actually in yeah. that page right now <laughs> where she's not she's not just pushing she's not pushing it over she's doing yeah. something she's experimenting which is what kids <laughs> do they experiment with with how to pick things up with what to do with things and you know, so I, you know, part part of it is is in observing, looking at at you know, try to if I can find some candid pictures of kids. Uh, but part of it is 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 my own memories of being a kid and trying to experience things as a kid, and that's very important to me with the characters in in the in the stories. Is is well, particularly Gold and and Olive. Uh, less so, I did less of that in 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 Red, but in these books is to get that kid energy and get that um uh how kids move and think and and explore and uh and that's that's very important to me um you know i uh, what is popular now you have a couple of different things that are popular you but one thing is 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 very a very reductive way to draw kids and i think that that is fine i think there's a lot of there's a lot you can do with that. And, and it also, you know, when you have a more reductive or, or less illustrative way of doing uh, a, a figure, there's a lot, again, there's that, that whole um, inserting yourself, inserting the reader into the, but I'll, I think what can be lost in that is, um, is character through, through body language, character through. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. body language is the only thing that, that can carry you now to know what's happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, in gold, um, um, I, I really like gold, <laughs> but I didn't get it until 
the bears come in and they're picking up after her. Until then, I was like, hmm, yeah. is she supposed to be there? What's happening? And yeah, then, spo- spoiler alert. If well, no, no, but I'm not saying anything else yeah. about the story. Sure. When the bears are picking up after her, then it's like, yeah. ah, it's a family. You do yeah. something for this person. This person does something for you. Like, yeah. like a family. Yeah, like everybody does something for someone else. Or without giving anything away like a family works together things away oh okay okay (laughs) (laughs) but you you hit it really well because you don't see i was after we after i read to that point i looked back and i was like is there any other place before this where it hinted that she was she lived in the house with them there's no pictures showing there's no the pictures, the pictures well, where she's hooks. at after. There's four hooks in the. Oh, uh, there is, yeah. There's, ah. four, there's four bicycles. You you see them take away three, and there's one left. Okay, so see, I wasn't sure. I thought I saw three, but I think yeah, you're right. There's a third wheel in there. Yeah, so there's yeah. Four, four bicycles, four uh, fourth and wheel, four um, four hooks for scarves. Um, okay. Four, yeah. four chairs on the table. True. Uh, yeah. So it's all uh, just little hints. But yeah. what's lovely is only until they're together on the couch do you start seeing pictures where she's part of the Yeah, family. I love how and you introduce them. It's like, yeah. oh, she belongs there. That's Yeah, yeah that's very pretty. Really, yeah, we that's had so to sweet. Make that work. Originally, it wasn't as explicit. We just had the family portrait. And um, I guess, uh, and my editor thought that maybe I needed to make it more explicit. And, and I, I understand that. I think it was, um, you know, you... You, I mean, a, a kid could easily not not read it, not get it. Mm. Um, we actually, yeah. one of the people we submitted to after it got uh, um, canceled by uh, Cameron, and it got canceled. It didn't get rejected. We had a complete book, and oh. uh, it was solicited, and then it got canceled in the middle of oh. COVID. So that oh. was that was oh. rough. Yeah. that must have been so hard those news yeah <sighs> so we did send it to one editor who actually did not get it they actually got to the end of the book and what? i had just the picture of the family uh all together i didn't have all those other pictures and yeah. they didn't, they didn't get it uh which was surprising to me but uh it's a good reason then to have that again that end spread where we yeah. see pictures of her as a baby and pictures of them together as a family yeah. So, I mean, uh, but it, it, I thought it was going to, we didn't need to go that far, but. Um, yeah, just ending where the bears are hugging her. It was, yeah. you know, <laughs> Oh, and we had the family portrait, but it was, it was, uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, it was interesting that an adult didn't get it. That was surprising. <laughs> <laughs> they were interested in the book, but they wanted some other kind of connection they, uh, between the, she said, could you could have the little girl give the bears a gift of honey or something? There was some, they did not get it. So yeah. I don't know, but I thought it was pretty clear. But we so we add, but we added that uh, that spread at the end to make it absolutely explicit. <laughs> yeah, I like how it has that mystery until you get to the halfway point until you're like, oh wait a minute, like it almost yeah. changes the story. What I'm imagining, at least the way I read it, without words. <laughs> well, be- well, because of the title, and also because you see three bears, you're you're starting the book with one with story, right? Yeah, with yeah. the with the original story. But then as you go through it, and then she's making her own porridge, and you're like, what, "What's going on here?" And, and and then when the bears come home and they're not, up, you know, they're acting like a family, and then you realize, "Oh no, that's this isn't like the original story at all. It's even it flipped it." Yeah, the, I mean, the original story is basically a B and E. You know, she's breaking and entering. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> she, you know, she's, uh, we, uh, I, um, you know, the original story, the Goldilocks is kind of a jerk. Yeah, and, yeah, she's kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah, she does too. touches everybody's food. Yeah, she's kind of entitled. Barges and, yeah. in, yeah, she's not not the nicest little girl. Uh, she just busts in and does whatever she wants to do, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I mean these these the fairy tale original fairy tales are basically just sort of starting off points. Mm-hmm. I, I mean we, I mean I don't know that Olive 
follows through with this sort of expectation. The other two, it's the expectation of the original fairy tale, and you mm -hmm. then you kind of subvert the expectation. Olive doesn't really do that. Um, the one, the next yeah. one, which I, uh, Ginger is the next one, and that oh, was um, going to be sort of a Hansel and Gretel kind of thing. Um, oh, okay. But, oh, Ginger. I wondered what, yeah, I wondered if it, what Ginger was based on. That's cool. Yeah, so that's the, that's the next one. That's so cool. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're going to have a whole series, the whole rainbow. <laughs> well, they have it now. It's it's got an official name. It's the uh, the fairy tale color collection. So that's uh, oh, that's so it is. Okay, yeah, that's so that very cool. It, so yeah, definitely. That's really cool because then at the end of all of these, you want to have the whole set. I would encourage it. <laughs> I would encourage it. <laughs> we need to make the box where they all fit. We've discussed that. We so, did. So, all right. So that's going to be interesting because we're going to have to cooperate with. Um, with Cameron, um, but you know, a rising tide raises all ships. So you know, they're still that's true. They're still selling books. So, <laughs> so not yeah. That way, when they have the whole box and there's a space missing, they're like, "Oh, I gotta go get that book to fill that <laughs> empty spot." See how it goes. I I, I would like a box a box set. I I I want I want an audience. I want readers. Um, <laughs> So if that if that box set is in Costco or wherever, I'm yeah. just as happy. I don't have you know if it's at the grocery store checkout aisle, I'll be I'll be very pleased. It's more access. I mean, how many how many books? As a mom, when I was shopping, it was like it happens to be next to the meat department. Okay, <laughs> like there are there are these these boxes of books in our Safeway next to the meat section. I don't know why it's there. I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> exactly, because then you pick it up. You're like, here, here, here. Just just read this one shop. Yeah, I I think um, you know, wherever wherever well, with uh, you got two places. I mean, with 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 books for kids, it's going to be uh, largely it's going to be a a parent or a grandparent who's going to going to find it and going to buy it. Yeah, uh, and uh, or it's going to be them choosing it in a in a library, which is great. Uh, or being recommended by amazing librarians. Yeah. Who, you know, so um, I, I, libraries are awesome. So, you know, hopefully um, people will discover it there. I mean, uh, you were talking about Sendak, where the wild things are, really was didn't become popular until it was discovered by kids in libraries. So libraries are, are I, I hope they continue to be as good a resource um, uh, you know, as you know, with digital media, we're we're um, having less people going in person to to go to to get books from the library. I I'm a little guilty of that in that I listen to a lot of audiobooks from my library. It is from my library, but mm -hmm. I um, I uh, I don't make it there as often as I would like. Yeah, yeah, but we do it for a different reason. We're doing something else while we're listening to. We're driving, or we're drawing, or we're cooking. I'm yeah. driving. I mean, I'm not you're driving. Right. I'm I'm drawing. You're drawing. Yeah. Yeah. So but I, I do love... think um, school libraries are still. Mm -hmm. They will be a, a big part of children's lives. Public libraries, I think, still are, especially for parents with small children. But school libraries are huge that's where most kids find if they don't make it to their public libraries they're still going to their school library at least once a week so yeah I I, yeah always I be a it always be a part of children's lives and and books lives <laughs> well, it's, we're in a frightening time right now with with we're back to to book bannings yeah yeah so we're we're back there again and that just makes uh, people angry, and then they go buy the books more. And yeah, it's good publicity. <laughs> I thought that too. Yeah. That was my thinking too. But one of the things is that you have kids that have these libraries. Mm -hmm. Are these libraries are sanctuaries? These libraries are mm -hmm. refuges for kids to make discoveries, and they might not have access to any other means. They might not have a you know. They might not be able to make it. To their their parents might not take them to the school the local library their parents might you know might not buy them books yeah. and so this is it's these true. are really important 
places. And I, I, I thought so too. I was like, yeah, ban my book, you know, <laughs> go ahead and ban my book. So it'll be a bestseller, you know, but um, I, I think it's, that's a little dangerous track to go down because kids need these libraries so much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I see. I agree. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't want to like move too far. Um, I went through all the questions that I wanted to ask you about the, the wordless books, but I'm really curious about what you have in the background. Do you mind talking about your art process? Well, and... I, well, as I mentioned, I I, <laughs> I do a lot of refining and refining and refining, and with with the drawings, um, trying to get the right gesture with the figures. Uh, I use, um, so once I do the figures, often what I'll do is then I'll print them out. I'll print the drawings out on, in blue line. Uh, I'll scan them in and print them out on blue line and then I'll ink them. Um, or sometimes I'll, with backgrounds, I, I tend to work very large. Uh, I, how much, I, I think um, the, the city, all, putting all the, 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 the houses uh, together for, um, uh oh. gold that would be about 14 feet i think oh my goodness <laughs> what oh yeah, my gosh I, if if you were to do that so i i uh a lot how of do you stuff. scan the, the oh i know oh i do i scan them in pieces sections oh but yeah i mean there uh you know there would be a a big 20 by 30 piece of watercolor paper with 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 two or three houses on it and i'll i'll uh and then yeah, yeah, I have, so I work very large uh, and I have this dry brush technique um, that I use for like, you know, for textures like trees and fur and things like that. It's, uh, it's um, I get these very cheap uh, craft brushes that I get that are like the $1.99 and I just beat the hell out of them and, and to get these nice, these nice dry brush textures. And um, there's one particular brand that I like. I, it, the thing about tools, I mean, we, we talk about tools and, and everybody wants to know what tool and uh, like there's a magic tool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. one of my favorite illustrators, Yuko Shimizu, and she's got this this special kind of brush she uses. And everybody wants to know, like, what what's the brush? You know, <laughs> yeah. Like it's going to make you. Yeah, it'll make you. Yeah. <laughs> that's why something there's no problem. Something special is going to happen. If it's you magical. That that's why. <laughs> so, there's yeah, no I, problem hmm? with you sharing your technique. And with you sharing, like, and teaching someone else, because no one can do it like you. No one's going to oh, do it the same way that yeah. you're going to do it. It's just I am so glad to share everything I know. I I, ha I have a blog where I've done some of that. It's been years, so there's old files on there where I showed some of my process. But um, a lot of what I do then, with, if I do full color, what I often do is I do watercolor overlays on the light box. Uh, so I'll do some water in black and white, and then I'll scan those and pop them underneath the, the line art, and I'll color those with the color tool in, in, uh, in um, uh, Photoshop, uh, or uh, I'll scan in watercolor textures, which I'll then, uh, I have a library of watercolor textures I'll pop in. Um, I just like things to look as organic as possible. Um, but that's interesting. I... I like it's. I wonder if that's an old aesthetic, because I want everything to look. Even though I use the computer, I want everything to look like it's hand done. Uh, more recently, I see a lot of work that that isn't afraid to be digital or isn't apologizing for being digital. It's not necessarily trying to look like like wet media. It 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 knows and and um, what it is and it isn't. Uh, um, there, it's it's shamelessly digital. And I'm okay with that, and I think that's great. Um, I, I, so I, uh, but I, I have maybe it's, it's, you know, just some something that stuck with me is that I want everything to look like it's done with by hand, and and uh, most of the mark making is done by hand, all of the mark making, and uh, but yeah, I use a brush, I use a dip pen, a pen you dip in ink. Uh, I use uh, these vintage, vintage nibs, these Astrobrook nibs that I get by the gross on eBay. And, um, but these are, you know, it's, it's funny. I mean, we kind of uh, fetishize our tools and yeah. have to get the right, the right nib, the right brush. And, and you get it's what works for you. And, and, um, and there is something kind of um, special about finding your tools. 
and and having th that set of tools that's just that works just for you and 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 so there's there's ritual to it and um so i i enjoy that i enjoy tools i like art stores i like paper i like well most of the stuff i get is really cheap stuff i get the cheapest water color paper you, you can get but i i like um uh i don't know any artist that doesn't love to go to an art store and look at 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 tools <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm uh, sorry, when you say that you like the older look to it, I was listening to the radio with my daughter and um, in Pandora, we put like classic vinyl. Oh. And she likes music from the 70s and 60s. And I'm like, great, I love it. And I forget what we were listening to, but I, I, I picked it up and I go, that graininess that it has, because it's not as clean as a new recording from now, even though they fix it and all that. You still hear that graininess and that texture in the whole recording. That is, it makes it exciting. It makes it different than well, the clean a, stuff. There's dry brush textures yes. that you can make digitally. Yes. But but it's a clone. It's a clone of a clone a, a clone of a pattern. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Uh, with the analog tool, it's always novel. There is no, you never repeat a mark. And that that's a special thing. I, maybe they'll be able to do that digitally someday and, and that will be great. But at this I hope point, so. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you like to work digitally? I, I worked it. I was traditional, completely traditional until about me, a few years I, until I, I got Sunny. I corrupted her. <laughs> she broke me. Here's my, here's my iPad now. But that's one of the hand. things that when you're drawing with your hand, your line is never the same. The tool never reacts the same way because every little fiber in the paper makes the nib jump in a different way. Everything is different. And you're right, digitally, the mark is always the same. So you have to do a lot more work on your end to try to make it look different and to try to erase back and make some other parts disappear. And it, it takes more time to make it look um more texturized and 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 not to have that digital look to it, and, you know. Yeah, I don't, don't think want there's it. any harm in a digital look. <laughs> I think you know. I um some of my favorite illustrators, uh, work. Um, Marco's Chin, uh, does amazing stuff, and it's all vector. So it's all oh this is really um, you know, um, very you know perfect Sharp. curves and perfect you know everything is is very digital but it looks but his drawing style is with those digital tools are very is very organic and and it, it doesn't well, I, I look him up what was the name again marco's chin marco's chin, chin. uh he, yeah he's he's good and uh but it's all vector it's all on illustrator and yeah. it's it's impressive that he's a what he's able to do with that but it, you don't you don't look at it and you look at it and you say that's digital um, and but it's like I said, it's unapologetically digital. I, I I think we don't need to. If you're using digital media, it is really okay to have it have flat colors or you know gradients or you can overdo it. You, you got to have taste. Yeah, <laughs> you got to do it with taste. Well, it depends think, on what you like. I think that's why we like uh, using the iPad and the Apple Pencil because it for us. Um, that's the closest thing that we can get to traditional, the traditional feel and look, mm -hmm. you know, cause you have a lot of control with the Apple pencil that you just don't have. I mean, you, you do, if you use like a Cintiq, um, but for us also, it's, it's really helpful for us to be mobile with, <laughs> with our art desk. <laughs> it's really, uh, you know, that as well, you, you have know, children. Yeah, with children and we don't we have limited space. We don't I mean we don't really I mean Olga does have a kind of like a, a studio, but um that just have being able to take my iPad anywhere and draw on it, it is is so much easier for me than having a full workspace that I just don't really have access to in my own house. Maybe just, someday. But well, yeah. I don't I don't know that there's no there's no right answer to this. You know, there's no, there's no right tool. There's no, like I said, yeah, there's no, no, just I, like I there's think... no special magic brush. There's no, yeah. there's nothing invalidating about, about digital tools by default. Like it's, you know, there's people that do 
wonderful things that look absolutely digital. Who is it? Another, um, uh, what's her name? Who did wave the, uh, it was a wordless book with a, with a wave in it. Uh, Lee, I think her name is, her last name is Lee. Um, she did one recently with you in a zoo. I don't know that that recently, it was probably a couple of years ago, but, um, and she had, it was all kind of wet media. And then she had the bars of the zoo with were vector. It was all like, oh, it was, oh, it was so cool. she, the, the actual, so she mixed, she was like, Oh, are you talking about Susie? Digital. What? Susie? I think you mean Susie, Susie Lee. Lee. Yeah. She did so way apologetically yeah. digital and, and yeah. Uh, yeah. the, the media, um, uh, the uh, regular media, traditional yeah. media. So that was an interesting approach because there was no, there was no attempt in that to make it look organic, make it look organic at all. And that was an interesting. So I, I, I don't think you need to feel that what the media you're using, digital media, is is a, is necessarily a compromise of any kind. It's just yeah. what you're using. I think it's good for people to hear, though, that you you do that you draw by hand. But I think what a lot of, uh, especially beginning illustrators, they want to know: Is it okay if I scan my work into Photoshop? Do I need to tweak it in Photoshop? You know, is that is that okay, or does everything have to be like completely hand done? And but I what we from what we've seen, I don't know anyone who doesn't go in and tweak their work afterwards, even if they are working mainly traditionally, you know, they typically, I, I, I would say it's like, what do we call it? Tradigital? Tradigital. Like, you know, you're, you're not just only like sending in your sketches, you know, to the print, to the publisher. We don't do that anymore. Everything has to be scanned and turned into a digital format and then submitted and you know a few artists do but then they they need more time and more and, well, and changes the, the ultimately harder. i mean we're doing we're scanning our own work i mean it used to be that nobody's sending their stuff out fedex like they used to it's yeah. it's all it's all um what's it, i mean what's great about that one of the greatest things is you are control uh, control of those files you know um sometimes uh, you know i um I'm very conscious of, you know, one of the things that I I loved with gold, they gave me coated stock because uh, when they printed it, because I asked for coated stock and uh, in red was uncoated stock and you got dot gain. I want my stuff to look like it looks on the screen. <laughs> yeah, gold yeah. Is, is very nice and bright and graphic. I like that. And with, with red, I, there was dot gain, so so the dry brush, some of it got gets glutted because oh. the paper is absorbent. So um, I want to get that 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 now. There's something nice about, and that, that was the compromise. It was that the feel of the paper the texture, has a nice yeah. feel to it, um, a texture. But you, but I I'm I'm uh, maybe you know I I tend to favor the coated stock, so it so it looks like I'm what I'm seeing on the screen so that's um a, maybe a, co a compromise that it, you know it's not as it doesn't feel as as organic or nice and um uh, but um I fought for that coated stock and they wouldn't <laughs> give it to me with red but they gave it to me with the other they, they gave me the choice in mine and I was like oh I like how bright it is on this one but I like the way this one feels and, and it's just like there is nothing in between I'm like no these are the choices it depends on how much fidelity you want it to have yeah. for the image. And, I mean, and or what media you're using. I mean, uh, for me, it's that that you're gonna I'm gonna lose it with that dry brush, and so I just um, I, I I don't know. My agent was like, the paper isn't as nice as the red as was as with red, and I'm like, yeah, but it's coated stock. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're but, looking at online, and I I love it. I, I don't have it in my hands, but. I love how bright. I like that yellow. It's very like mustardy yellow on top of that too. It's not, it's not sunshine yellow. I, it really it's pops. A pleasant yellow. Well, it was nice. Yeah, that's what's wonderful about the Pantone is you get to you you know that one color. You get to to pick that color very precisely, you know. And and um, you know, you look through the Pantone samples, and it, it is 
exactly how it's going to be in print and uh, with 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 Pantone with spot colors. Spot colors are kind of magical because they're they're I mean they are more brilliant and more uh, intense than than for anything you're going to get in the four color process. Uh, so it, it's yeah. Uh, how do you submit that? Do you do you have to submit it in two files, like with your yeah, black files. and white, and then with the color two in files. a separate file? Yeah, it was the there's a um, on Photoshop. There's a there's a formatting thing where it'll take it. To, it'll put it in the Pantone, and then but I I I separate. I hand separate it. I mean, in the sense that there are more that there's more than one that black is on a layer, gold is on a layer. Okay. Um, yeah. But I I, cool. I I mean, there is a way to do it not that way. I don't know what that is, but I'm just going to keep doing it my way. <laughs> Do you also separate, like, for example, her backpack is a different yellow. It's, do you separate oh, yeah. that into yeah, another one? There's mid-tones. Um, okay, yeah. So they, I use, <clears throat> I actually um, do it in percentages. So I'll I'll have, okay. uh, like, the I'll color the, the backpack and I'll do that. Okay, well, that's going to be 20% or that's going to oh. be, you know, 100%. And that's an all in gray tone. Uh, and then um, I'll have... Uh, a clipping path so I, I can make it yellow okay so i can see what it's going to look like on screen um i mean i'm not going to know exactly how it's going to look until i see either a proof or, or the final book no proofs on olive man that, no. that, that, that was intense i, mm. I, I uh, or gold it was uh, cameron gave me the proofs and we got we got um i think it was like one digital proof or something a small press mm. it's a small press and uh you know, I like to. I would like to. I like to see how it looks, but right. uh, the smaller press can. Uh, they 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 save money where they can. I guess. <laughs> well, you have to trust the process that they know what they're doing. Right? You got to make sure you do it. <laughs> you you dot all your eyes and cross all your t's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jed, I would like to ask you the question that we ask everybody at the end of the uh, interview because I, I I really think this is one of like the best questions that would I would like what advice can you give someone starting out or what advice you wish you would have gotten starting in this journey of um, children's book publishing or as an artist? Well, I think you got to temper your expectations. You got to realize that you're not necessarily going to make a living at this. Uh, Good advice. <laughs> you know, some people do and some people don't. Don't quit your job. Uh, I think uh, um, uh, you know, I I think it's important to um, to fairly appraise the quality of the work you're doing uh, and get as much feedback as you can, especially from people you know, from professionals or or people who are um, are uh, um, you know, and teachers and uh, and and tr get your fundamentals. You know, oh, you wanna you wanna know how you should know how to um, you know. Uh, know your anatomy and know, know your, no perspective, know the rules to break the rules. Uh, you know, that's sort of a cliche, but it's true. Uh, cause when people break the rules and they don't know the rules, you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but you know, um, well, there's something to be said for naive styles like Thurber, you know, I mean, you, there are people who, who um, don't necessarily have that uh, those their technique down, but they do do really interesting work. So uh, that's not necessarily uh, um, an unbreakable rule. There is, I mean, there's no hard and fast rules, but I, I think uh, write your own stories. Um, what do you want to do this for? Mm. You know, I think that's important. Uh, I, um, do you have a passion for books? Do you do you love books? Do you want to make books that do you have books that you feel need to happen that aren't that don't exist? Uh, and um, are you do you just is it just something that seems neat? I I, I just I think uh, I think we getting this platform. You have a platform once you once you get into the field and you are publishing books, you have a platform and it's a it's a platform for which you can communicate. It's a platform 
from which you want to uh, have representation of people, of different kinds of people. Uh, it's a platform to uh, to tell important stories and it's and to to make uh, meaningful pieces of art. Uh, it's uh, if you just want to make product or something cute for kids, uh, you know, may, may, uh, make make uh, uh, textiles or some or pajamas. But you know, uh, I think uh, once you have that platform, it's a responsibility in many ways, uh, a responsibility to yourself, uh, a responsibility to your audience, and um, and and I think. Uh, you're not going to make, you're going to get, you're not going to get rich. So what, it, why are you doing it? What, what is, what is, are you doing it for the right reasons in the sense that, I mean, there is, there's no right reason, but are you doing it um, in a way that's, that's meaningful to you and that's going to be meaningful to your audience? Are you doing, or are you, you get it, you, it's easy to get lost in um, this, just the, um, uh, you know, I want to make books. Oh, I got an opportunity to make books. I mean, you're, you, you, you know, I'll, I'll make it any, anything you want. I'll do. I think you have to, uh, you have to, it is a collaborative process. I always, I'm always in, in the, in there, you know, saying, well, this is how I think it should be done. Uh, you always are making compromises with your editors a lot of great editors are out there to give you great advice uh, who are going to help make your book better. Some aren't, um, but don't lose your path. This is something, what we do is important. Uh, and if you're doing it, if it isn't, if it isn't, it needs to be, it's, uh, you, you, you can't just make garbage. You can't just make stuff that's, that's um, just don't, don't make cute garbage. Make something that means something. <laughs> so don't, don't make cute garbage. Don't compromise. <laughs> well, compromise to the degree that you have well, to. I mean, yeah. you know, it is a, it is a business. Someone has to sell, sell the books. Um, oh, I think if you're starting out, make a book. Make a bad book, <laughs> you know. Make one. Make a make a book. Um, and and I would make a book. What I loved about doing the Kickstarter is I souped to nuts. I had to, you know, I had proofs. I had to design the book. I had to figure out where it was going to be printed or how it was going to get distributed. I recommend doing that on some level, even if it's print on demand. Just be able to make a book and then hold it in your hands and feel what, what, you know, have that as an object, but also have the experience of really um, the, the, uh, the whole process of, of making a book and what it takes. Um, don't, I mean, I think it's better to do that than to wait until your first published book and everything is new. And one of the things, if you, if you don't do that, you're going to, there's, you're going to be a little tentative and you're also going to, you're going to, you're going to defer. You're going to defer a lot more than if you yeah. actually experienced it. You're going to say, okay, um, I don't know. Why don't you yeah. do it? What, what do you think? And, and uh, I think compromise you is good, but, uh, but if you know, and you've experienced it and you know what a, you know, what a page turn is going to look like, you know, you know, not you know physically what that what that's gonna how that how that's gonna look um you're you're going to be able to cooperate in that process in a more meaningful way so make a book so that's the best advice is is i think is get you know get your skills make a book and uh and and know why you're doing it have a good reason to do it and be a part of this big conversation that is, you know, that is uh, children's literature and that, that is, uh, uh, um, you know, it's every book that has ever gone before what you're doing. It's the books that come after it. You're a part of this big conversation that is children's lit. Um, 
and if uh, don't just make cute garbage. <laughs> and like that's going to be your quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I ask myself if I were to win the lottery, mm-hmm. would I still do this tomorrow? And I'm going like I hope I don't win the lottery because I want to do this tomorrow. <laughs> I want to keep doing this. You yeah. gotta love it. You gotta love what you're doing. Yes. So I like that. Don't don't do don't make cute garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a, a wonderful, um, wonderful reply. I like what you said too. Learn the fundamentals, because oh yeah. my gosh, you can learn a computer program, and in yeah. two months it's going to change, and a year is going to be a completely different thing. But your fundamentals don't change. It's mm-hmm. gravity is always going to affect it the same way. Bodies are always the same. It's really, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. That it's really important to have the basics, know how to draw people and animals and all that stuff, and then do whatever. You want with it <laughs> to make it to break the rules. Awesome. Thank you for all that. That's really wonderful advice. Um, Sunny, do you have any other questions that you might want to ask before? No, I don't. Well, I think I think you already talked about your future projects like Ginger. With, yeah, was there anything yeah, else you wanted to And then I have my big project that I can't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be the biggest of my career. Oh my goodness. And uh, I mean, in that it's also, you know, it's the first time I've seen an advance that doesn't, uh, uh, isn't embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, so it's a decent advance and, uh, and then, and it's, uh, it might be a new path for me. um, Wow. In that, um, that's uh, wonderful. Middle grade grade books uh, and, you know, that's something I've always wanted to do. I wanted, you know, all of um, some of my ba- favorite authors were middle grade authors when I was, you know, that made me love books like uh, Daniel Pinkwater um, is, was, was this big, important mm-hmm. author for me when I was a kid. Um, all of the, you know, your raw dolls and all of that stuff. But, uh, you know, those, um, those books that just sort of made an imprint on you. When I, my favorite book of Raul Dahl's was Danny, the champion of the world. Uh, I had a really close relationship with my dad and, and that book uh, made an impression on me. And, and um, I think, um, you know, try when I'm writing, when I, when I write for that audience, especially I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, um, uh, those feelings of being a kid and, and those feelings of, of, of what, um, of, of what excites me and what, what, uh, what I was intrigued by and what, um, what I was curious about. And, uh, you know, that, that it's just, a, it's an exciting, um, and you get a, you get kids who are going to be a little older. They're going to understand a little more. You can talk, you can, you know, you don't, um, you have, you have, uh, I mean, most of my readers right now are somewhere between uh, four and six, so I don't hear much from them. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it'll be interesting. It will be interesting to, to, to hear what, what, uh, what they think of my book, you know. Yeah, you get more feedback. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) And what impression you made on those readers. Yeah, it'll be nice. Yeah. You know, I, I want to be loved, you know. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all, don't we all. <laughs> I don't mind the love of strangers. <laughs> that's a second quote. We're going to have to put Jeff yeah. Alexander doesn't make pretty garbage and loves the love of strangers. <laughs> that will be it. We're going to put that in the interview. We're going to have to find out. Right. It'll, 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 people will be like, I really have to listen to this. No, interview. I need to listen to this. <laughs> This episode. <laughs> well, I think that's it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. This was really eye opening. I took notes, just so you know. Yeah. I am looking at like on the side of this thing. This is a book I'm writing, and it's like full of little notes. I'm like, I have to look up Daniel Pinkwater. I have to look up. Oh, yeah. He's still writing. He's a, he's a fascinating, yeah. a fascinating guy. Oh, um, wow. I mean, uh, the books that I when I was a kid, it was um, Alan Mendelson, The Boy from Mars. Uh, which is not what you think it's going to be. Uh, um, the uh, Snark Out Boys and the Avocado of Death. Uh, oh. <laughs> the Snark Out Boys. Titles. 
they they used to they there are these kids that sneak out at night to go to the snark theater this this theater that shows old movies and um and and there's yeah the, the snark and uh, that one's a great one uh he's just uh has a way of communicating with kids uh he he um he just he's just a fascinating he he's written for every age group he's written picture books which he draws himself uh, and he's one of those guys like Thurber, who is not a technically skilled uh, artist, but uh, but the the the, um, the 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 it suits the the subject matter he's doing. He's he's great. The um, the magic Moscow, just all these. He's written so many books, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of them aren't in print anymore. But oh, he's no. so good. <laughs> Well, I have to look at those titles that sound amazing. They really <laughs> sound interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just saw, I see the Snark Out Boys and the Avocado Death. The cover is hilarious. Is it, is it still in print? I would love, I'm so happy. If it this is. one is on Audible. So, yeah. That oh, great. Oh, I want to, I want to hear that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that would still be in print, considered in print. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna have to look him up now too yeah, yeah thank you we really appreciate you. you um chatting with us and this was really definitely eye-opening and uh interesting and hilarious <laughs> <laughs> a great time yeah thank you fun. yeah a lot of fun <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. You can find Sunny's work at sunnyduran.com and you can follow her on Instagram at sunnyduranillustration. You can find Olga's work at olgachildrensillustrator.com and you can follow her on Instagram at olgachildrensillustrator. Elochat is also on Instagram. If you have any questions or suggestions for future podcasts, you can write to us at elochitchat at gmail.com. And if you like this podcast, Leave us a review, share it, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.